Hey, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Super Mercado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Ah, just gonna take a sip of this lemonade here. <laughs> how's it going, everyone? This is a podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. Sometimes we just chill out. My name is Carl Brueggemann. And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann, and we've reached uh, the end of another, what we consider a season of episodes, which is every 25 episodes. It's funny, we kind of have stopped addressing that and the sort of nomenclature of our well, seasons as well, the years Well, let me just on. say this. Uh, don't think about it because that might be a question, a trivia question I have for you later. So don't, just, just don't think about that. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, that yeah. is funny. We established some of those traditions early on, and then we kind of we didn't know how long we would keep the show going. Yeah, it's it's been a wild ride, and it's, it it's interesting. Has. One of the things I was reflecting on is that I'm older now than you were when we started this podcast. Yeah, that's true. I I think when we started, I felt like I was old and, you know, a, a seasoned adult. But when I look back now, I'm like, wow, I was incredibly young and inexperienced in many different ways. <laughs> well, and, and it's interesting. I mean, I um, I can definitely say the same thing because I was 16 oh my when we started yeah. this podcast. But uh, it is interesting kind of as the years have gone on what aspects of our perspective have changed what aspects of our personality have changed Mm -hmm. um but and you know we've talked about this before and you know we like to do these reflections i think partly because just our family dynamics like we're a very nostalgic bunch and i remember kind of being instructed with a love and fondness in a nostalgic way to movies while I was being exposed to them for the first time. You know, as a kid, I would be shown things like Back to the Future and The Goonies and Star Wars. And it was always with the perspective of like, you know. Yeah, we always had an analytical or or like a critical perspective, even when we were just watching movies or listening to music. So it kind of seems like it was meant to be. Um, Before we can catch up a little bit more, but how about this cool track? I found this is actually the Saturn soundtrack of Pebble Beach Golf Links. So it's a classic score that we definitely know from the Genesis, but this is different music here for the Saturn. I thought it was a really relaxing play-in. This is great. It is a great play-in. Again, I I just have to laugh anytime you refer to Pebble Beach Golf Links as a classic. (laughs) Um, just cause yeah. it's just, uh, it's a classic on our, on our show for kind of yeah. a, cl- a great jazzy feel good music sound, which it's is perfect for our music. sort of chill episode today. Yeah. This episode uh, is called kicking back and we are just going to relax, shoot the breeze, talk a little bit. I have two different games planned for Will. Um, Will has a, a question or a prompt uh, for both of us that we'll get to later. And then we have some classic, uh, a handful of classic VGM tracks that we'll play too. What I did is I actually went through the past, I think like four or five years of greatest hits and I picked one. Um, so I think there's like a 2019, 18, 17, and 16 um, greatest hits track that we can check out later today. Um, so yeah, Will, I mean, the first thing before we maybe play this really awesome track here, um, how is your summer going? I mean, I, one of the things I wanted to do on this episode is just have a little bit of a COVID debriefing um, and just kind of a, a a quick recap of what the past year and a half has been like for you. 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. And it's interesting because we've kept doing this podcast all the way through. Yeah. Um, but we've been sort of, you know, I, I don't think we've talked. We've more or less just like alluded to the global situation, but haven't, mm-hmm. I think, talked an entire amount about our personal lives. But yeah, this has been an insane year for me. Um, you know, my first year living in Chicago, um, first yep. time being outside of Minnesota for an extended period of time. Uh, living with Emma, us getting engaged and about to get married um, and starting grad school in this wonderful program, meeting friends that I love, but also, of course, with the backdrop of this devastating yeah, what deadly weird virus timing. and pandemic. It, yeah. it couldn't have been weirder timing for you in your life. It's like this definitely like maybe one of the most exciting times of your life and then coupled with this really awful global situation so i mean i'm grateful that i had those positive things to fall back on but at the same time that definitely was a source of stress there was part of me that wished i could have had the excuse to just sort of put my life on pause you know because like when i applied to grad school and when i started doing that i was having that anxious feeling of like i gotta do more but when the pandemic hit there was that part of my brain that's like I would like a little break. I would like yeah, to sort sure. of relax. And I had the opposite where I had like this insane period of productivity, which made the whole year and a half or whatever it's been fly by. Yeah, like, that, in an that's instant. definitely true. I mean, when we, whether it's something that we have to do or that we choose to do, I mean, having those distractions, having that work has, has been really helpful for me too. I mean, when I look back and I think of like the two albums that I really poured a lot of my heart and soul and time over the past two years, both COVID era albums, Downforce and Wavemaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I didn't have I, like all of that, all of that music was made, I think during COVID, I mean, I think I started Downforce like right around the same time that COVID started in like early 2020. But most of that working on that album was like the first kind of quarantine era. And then with Wavemaker, I mean, it was definitely that was the case. So yeah, having those projects uh, had been really, has been really helpful for me for sure. But yeah, and I it's mean, just it's hard because people will say things like, Oh, remember two years ago when we did I'm like, what do you mean? That was last year. And I've just blocked out an entire yeah. additional year. It's, it's really bizarre um, because we really missed out on all of 2020 as a year, like in so many ways. Yeah. And just like At least different in, in the events US, I mean. and concerts and conventions that we we're so used to going to. So I can't wait. I mean, the next time that we actually get to step in foot to Magfest, I mean, that's going to be, ah, oh, that's going to be a great moment. If, if ever, right. You know I mean? It sounds promising for so 2022. Yeah. Change. So hopefully things can return, but yeah, I think it's it, what's been, um, joyful this summer so far has been the sense that how quickly it feels like it can return to normal yeah exactly i I definitely i'm aware every time i go outside about how special it is to see people but every single day it becomes more and more normal yeah Uh, it doesn't take long to get used to a new routine and that went both ways that went coming in and out um, yeah. So yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, well, well, we'll talk more. And like I said, we have some fun games in store. Before we get to our first game, why don't we play a track from? I want to say it was the 2019 
uh, greatest hits episode. Um, one of the tracks we featured in that episode was from Shovel Knight King of Cards, which was the final installment in the Shovel Knight series. I guess the final like DLC installment. Uh, so let's play a Shovel Knight track. Uh, this is called The Buzz in the Grotto, composed by Jake Kaufman. Let's check it out. guys are listening to The Buzz in the Grotto, also known as Chalpel Pond, from King of Cards by Jake Kaufman. Man, I miss Jake Kaufman. I can't wait to hear, hopefully one day, more, vid- more video game music from him. Yeah, I think this was featured in our Greatest Hits 2019 episode, so I just brought in like four or so tracks um, from, you know, the past however many years of Greatest Hits. Just a little smattering for us to relax to today. I'll probably also put in some chill vgm in the background uh, later on when we're just kind of shooting the breeze too um yeah man this 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 is such a cool track i actually haven't heard this for a while that's one reason i wanted to bring it in god i mean he's just a genius like i just i don't know i bow at the altar of the cough man he's yeah, he's the master we both do. he really is yeah he's like one of the best composers alive he's still doing things i I'm a little worried about him. I hope I hope he's doing okay. He the only thing he's really been like sharing, um, he's been sharing these. I think you would call it automaton. However you say that, um, it, it's it's like this like silly digital instrument that he's been really into for years. So yeah, the only thing he's really been sharing is like these practice sessions or him playing automaton to, to different jazz tunes or different VGM tunes, and so. He's still having fun with music. I don't know if he's like actively composing for a future game, but I hope he is. Yeah, I mean, he's a genius and a treasure, and yeah, I do think he's going to be around. I mean, he's already just such a titan, I feel like, in this yeah. industry, and his influence is really far-reaching. And, I mean, we've sung his praises time and time again, one of the continuous threads of this podcast, I would say. It's like Koji it's so Kondo true, and then Jake Kaufman in, ter- in terms of our, like, proselytizing of the great, you know, VGM gods. He's just truly one of the best composers ever. Um, so, yes, let's all raise a glass to Senor Kaufman. Um, okay, let's move on, Will. Are you ready to play an installment of Name That Tune? Yes. <laughs> Will always enjoys these games. I prepare these for Will and for all of our listeners, too. We kind of have an interesting uh, take on this. Instead of just playing uh, a quick snippet of of a tune, what we do instead is we play just one isolated channel of a piece of VGM. I give Will a few different hints, and then eventually I will give him a reveal. 
So it's kind of an interesting way of doing it. Let's start let's start off with this one. So Will, are you ready for two number one, hint number one? Yep. Here we go. Okay, Thoughts? well that definitely sounds like a Game Boy uh title. Just the the particular quality of the noise channel and the squares. Um ooh, that's interesting. I wonder what that could be. It's very heroic. It, it could is. be like one of the Zelda hmm. games, um, like one of the Game Boy Color Zeldas or one of the... I don't know, but I, I need to listen to more before I decide. All right, let's move on to hint number two. <laughs> really threw you for a curveball there, didn't I? Ah, interesting. So that was PSG for the Genesis, I assume. That um, is correct. And because now I'm hearing these drum samples. Um, hmm. Yeah, there was noise and PSG. Need You need more to go on, don't you? God, you love doing this Genesis stuff because you know it's my weak <laughs> spot. Let's do this. Let's move on to hint three. Here we go. Now you get a sense Ooh, of the groove. Sounds classic. Super good groove. Anything coming to mind? Anything jumping out at you? Yeah, I will admit the Genesis is not my area of specialty, but it sounds really groovy and cool. So it could be some sort of Yuzo Koshiro thing, either some sort of Shinobi or Streets of Rage or something. I don't know. Let's give you the final hint. This is hint number four. Oh, okay. Um, I think this is that guy that you really like. Uh, is it Hitoshi Hashimoto? It is not. Let me give you the reveal, and let's see if you can get it from the reveal. Here's the reveal. Oh, this is great. Yeah, I've definitely heard this. You have heard this. Before. Let's go ahead with a guess, mm. man. Go with your gut. Just throw it out there. Uh, I really don't know. I, I mean, it could be something from the Ganbar Goemon series. There wasn't an entry that I know of on the genesis of that series. Well, yeah, I, I I don't got this, man. You know what? I, I'm going to give you half credit because it is from Shinobi 3, which you did mention a couple minutes ago. Uh, um, it's from Shinobi 3. We had that recent episode on it. This is a track, remember the funny title, Japan-esque? And here's another bonus point for you. Let's see if you can, this is going to be a shot in the dark. This was composed by Masayuki Nagao. Do you have a guess on what other Genesis game Masayuki Nagao worked on hmm. total stab in the dark um let's see masayuki nagao sonic 3 you are correct sonic 3 i don't think he was originally credited but through various different forums and other people that have done research i'm pretty sure he did work on cool. on sonic 3 okay let's move for let's move on i yeah you definitely got at least a half point on that one um, I'll give you the full point since you got that bonus question. All right, number two. Are you ready, Will? Yeah. Hint number one. 
So definitely hmm. Genesis. Um, <laughs> no, it's Super Nintendo strings. Uh, That's true. It could be. It's definitely not like a Nintendo specific title. Like it. It okay. sounds more like a Square thing or some sort of RPG. That not a lot to go on there. Sound. So let's move on to hint number two. Hmm. Yeah, these are two pretty generic sounds for the Super Nintendo. So it's true. I don't know that I got anything. It, I mean, it could be a Star Fox or an F-Zero or something. It could be uh, some sort of like Secret of Mana, maybe even a Chrono Trigger just to its bare bones. But Let's keep going. Let's give you hint number three. Hmm. Slap bass. <sighs> it just sounds so familiar. Hmm. The slap bass definitely, you know, probably rules out some of your previous guesses. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it's uh, linked to the past, but I'm not positive. <laughs> How about hint number four? Final hint here for tune two. So that guitar makes me think of Mark Davis, the fishing master. You got it. You got it. It's Mark Davis, the fishing master. Here's the reveal. Tournament stage. Oh, yeah. Now that bass is so classic. For the bonus point, two composers worked on this game. Do you Can you get at least one of the composers? I'm ashamed. Well-known people. Well-known people for our pod. Yeah. Hmm. I'll give you the first oh, one, and maybe so you can beautiful. get the second one. These are people that work together quite a bit. Ikumizutani and Ah, okay. So the Konami folk. Um Ikumizutani mm. and I uh, there's so many names running through Yamashita, my head. Yamashita wanna... actually. Yamashita. Oh yeah. She worked with him a lot. But good job. That's great. That was impressive. I, I thought that was gonna be really tricky for you, but you got it before the reveal. Okay, let's move on to tune number three, hint number one. This sounds uh, NES or Game Boy, but could also be like a Genesis thing. Just a noise channel. Mm -hmm. um, very basic sound. Let's keep going. Let's move on. Hint number two. Yeah, that sort of square bass makes me think Game Boy, but again, could be NES or even something like turbo graphics uh really hard to pinpoint yet let's give you hint number three. Oh, i know what this is this is from uh metroid 2 the return of samus this is the opening stage because i remember very very good called probably called multiple things but one of the things it's known by is just the main theme actually metroid 2 and, and the then composer? I can't remember the guy's name. It starts with an R. It's like Ryuji or yep. Ryoji. Yoshitomi. Yeah. I'll give you full points on that bad boy. Very, very impressive. All right. Let's move on to tune number four, hint number one. Uh, is this Super Mario Galaxy? 
It is not. I do not have a way to isolate those channels. That would okay. be ridiculously cool. I'm just going to say you're you're going to roll your eyes. You're going to give me guff on this one. I don't think you'll get it. <laughs> it's probably it's a really PlayStation hard. or a Saturn mm, game that you we know played what? like once. Because it's so hard, I'm just going to say you are correct. It's PlayStation. Let's move okay. on. Hint number two. Um, I don't know. It could be a Final Fantasy. There's like a million of those. Uh, it could be from Chrono Cross potentially, but doesn't sound too familiar. But I do remember a lot of harp stuff in the Chrono Cross episode. Let's give you hint number three. Hmm. Rings and they're pretty. They're pretty. What is it? Who who does it sound like? I don't know. Maybe it's like a. Let's do this. Let's give you hint number four, and then try to think of who it sounds like. Hint number four. I don't know who it sounds like. It (laughs) sounds like music. All right. Here is the reveal for tune four. Oh, yeah, this one's gorgeous. Very beautiful. The tune is called Prey. Last chance for a guess on the game. You were on yeah, the we right track this, early. We, we played this not that long ago. Um, is this... You were on the right track earlier. Is this a Chrono Cross? And. Eh. This no, is it's Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy Tactics by Hitoshi oh, Sakimoto. That was damn. Prey. Really tough there. All right, you ready to move on to the final tune, hint number one? Yeah. Here we go. Okay, this is definitely NES. I can tell. I know the NES noise channel. Mm. And this sounds, it sounds memorable. I feel like I've heard this specific thing before don't be too confident here we go hint number two hmm okay well that's making me think game boy but Mm. again it could be like gba all right not sure on the system let's give you hint number three Okay, um, makes me think it's either like PC-88 or Genesis, hmm. potentially. Interesting. Let's give Could you the like final. Jewel Master or uh, one of those, uh, what are some of those other Genesis games? Let's give you the final hint, hint number four. <laughs> Oh, is so is this from what's that game? The one with magical sound shower? No, it is not. That's Outrun, right? That's correct. It is not. It's not Outrun. Um Is it a Sega game? No, it is not. Let me know if you're ready for the reveal or not. Yeah, I I still am just ballpark. You're going to get it from the reveal. Here we go. Here's the reveal. Oh, okay. 
It's ease. Um, and I think that would make it... Let's see, which ease is it? It's cool that early you guessed PC-88. It's, this is PC-88. Yeah, it's such a good tune. Um, <laughs> Palace of Salmon is this from tune. From Ease 2? Ease 2 is correct. Very, very this one's very composed good. by Yuzo Koshiro? Koshiro or is, and or and, Ishikawa. Um, yeah. yeah. Very, very impressive. That was good. Did you enjoy that, Will? Yeah, that was fun, man. Sorry. Yeah, hopefully I, I was a some of you slow. listeners played along, too. No, no, you did a really good job. I mean, you basically got all of them. Um, I mean, even that you said Final Fantasy like early on, so that was that was quite impressive. Okay, I have another game that we'll play in a bit, but let's go back to another VGM track uh, before we do that. Let's play um, a really awesome GQ Powerful Pro track. I think this is from Greatest Hits 2018. Uh, we did that episode on the portable entries and this was i think the track of the week on that episode it's such a great tune it's power hitter from 2012 which was a psp game composed by tomoaki hirono let's check it out This gets us moving. This gets the blood pumping, folks. This is Power Hitter from GQ Powerful Pro Yaku 2012. I'm probably butchering that. Um, <laughs> composed by Tomoaki Hirono. Yeah, these are all like PSP games that we featured. We actually had two episodes on these games because the soundtracks were like mind-bogglingly good and no one's really heard of this stuff. It's so obscure, but God, it's groovy. Excellent writing, very groovy, and these sort of satisfying jazz sequences. I love also the extreme panning, having the electric organ all the way on the left channel, hard pan. Yeah, it's just a very dynamic mix. It's very exciting. It's, it really feels like uh, a track like this is composed in the initial spirit of what video game music was trying to do, which is almost yep. kind of like this this grand attraction that invites you in. And this also has that athletic sports music quality. It's celebratory. Oh, it's a little bit... It's very athletic, I guess, in all the ways that we'd find cliche. But it's also just catchy, exciting music that gets your blood pumping, puts you in a good mood. And yeah, it's perfect for a sort of summer 
chill out episode, even though it's high energy. Well, I wish that this is what sports music sounded like. I wish that when you went to a baseball game, this is the kind of music they played. Dude, I would right? be super that be excited. Great? That? <laughs> that would be I don't know how that would go over with the general public, but... Dude, this would also be a great one to have, like, a picture, like, the sound of the Mario Kart 8 ensemble with, like, the guitars and saxophone and stuff Mm, doing a track like this. It's such a good melody. Yeah, it's like that jazz fusion funk pop kind of R&B sound. Just so, so, so good. Well, that was, that was good. That got the energy going. That, that'll lead into this nicely. So I prepared a second game for you today, Will. Uh, we've done the Name That Tune a few times, but this I thought it would be kind of fun and a little bit silly. So just go with me on this one. This is a game of Super Mercado Bros podcast trivia for Will. Are you ready for this, Will? I'm excited. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think we have eight questions here. And actually, I'm going to try to uh, paste them in. Will, let me know if you can see this. Number Whoa. one. Whoa. How did you do that? That's cool. <laughs> what episode number was Fusion, the episode on Jazz Fusion, which had the majority of the playlist suggested by Carlos? If you get within 10 numbers of the correct number, you get a point. What do you think the episode number was of that? I'm going to go 380. You are incredibly off. <laughs> this was 204. Oh. 204 was the answer. Dang. I, I chose that because it boggled my mind. I was going through, I was like, I was trying to find like an episode that, that seemed the most out of place based on my memory. And this one, I was like, wait, Fusion was was way back in 204? Yeah, apparently it was. I think that was Carlos's Patreon-suggested episode. Um, and I think he also helped out with much of the playlist. So, yeah, good times. Oh, I think I was maybe thinking of the Robots one. Oh, yep, yep. Um, mm-hmm. Which was more recent. That was more recent. Dang, okay. All right, it's good okay. Question, Off to shaky start. All right, you, you have plenty more to get. Uh, all right, number two. What season are we on right now? No looking. No, you only have 15 seconds to answer. You have to go okay. with your gut. What season are we on? Uh, 25. <laughs> it's not too far off. We're on season 19. Okay. 19. Uh, and that, that was what I was alluding to earlier at the top of the show when you were saying that. Um, all right. All right. Okay. Still plenty of opportunities to get to get one right. Number three, let me paste this in here for you. Sometimes it's easy to see it. I don't know. Number three, this is a very silly question you're going to laugh at. Who suggested Overworld from Pokemon the Trading Card Game on our fourth listener show and tell episode? Was it A, Matthew D, B, Tony J, C, Sean B, or D, Luigi B? I'm going to go Sean Oh, so sorry. The correct answer is Tony J. Dang. (laughs) It's a great suggestion. Eventually, we went on to do a Pokemon TCG episode. So, yes. All right. Really tough question so far. Some of these, I was like just kind of borderline trolling you. So, (laughs) if you get one right, I think it'll be... It'll be awesome. Okay, well, I'm you still ready? waiting for the one that's borderline. All of these are are beyond trolling me. <laughs> beyond trolling. Okay, you're ready. This you have a good chance of this one. 
Number four. How many composers and which uh, VGM composers have we interviewed twice? Let's see. Grant Kirkhope. Correct. Peter McConnell. Correct. David Wise. Correct. Um, I think in that, that... Oh, no. Tommy Tallarico, I think we did no. twice. No, 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 no. That's it. There was it's only three. three total. Okay. Three total. You got it, man. Very, very impressive. So you got a point there. All right. This one is really funny. Okay. Number five. What year? Bonus point for the month two. Did we switch our website to Squarespace? Mm, I remember uh, it was 2015. Wow. Absolutely amazing. I can't believe you got that. That's correct. Well, because I remember it was my sophomore. It was the fall of my sophomore year of uh, college. Wow. So I just think back to that. Fall is correct. Dorm and uh, I it was working on the artwork. September of 2015. Wow. I did not think you were going to get that. So that's very impressive for me. Um, this one's funny. Number six. Have we done a Breath of Fire episode? Yeah. No. No, we haven't. Wait. Shoot. No, we... I don't think we've done... No, we have not done a Breath of Fire episode. The correct answer to six is... Yes, we have. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> I thought that I was going to get in your head from that one because it seemed so <laughs> obvious. Um, but it's like... It's one of those games, right? Where like... There's been... This has happened so many times for us over the years. We're like, oh, we, wait, we haven't done that? Like, we haven't done Professor Layton? Or, oh, we haven't done this? And it kind of messes with our brain. But yes, we actually have done a breath of fire episode so sorry for tricking you on that one uh okay are you ready for number seven this is another multiple choice one <laughs> have i gotten any of them right at this you point? you got two right i think you got two oh. right which is very impressive okay you have a good chance here multiple choice here we go what is the most popular highest number of downloads slash listens episode of our show is it a undertale b breath of the wild c mario odyssey d mario bros trilogy or E, Smash Brothers. I think those are all popular ones, but I believe Undertale is the most popular. Eh, not anymore. It's not. It was for quite a long time, but currently... Is that Super Mario Odyssey? It is Super Mario Odyssey. That's cool. It's our most popular episode. That's very cool. And it, it might change. It's changed many times. Uh, so those are, are we actually to, like seven, eight people, eight listens. <laughs> Might even be in the double digits. Those are all the tops. So I think it's like the top three right now is Odyssey. Number two is Breath of the Wild. Number three is oh, actually I didn't put it on here. Final Fantasy six. Interesting. That's number three. But all of those are very, very close too. Okay, the last question, number eight. This is an audio question. The question is, what episode is this clip from? Okay. Part of it is its presentation, and hearing something on a trumpet is a lot different from hearing it on sort of a farty, warbly right. synthesizer. Or an electric guitar. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> farty, warbly synth. I need to listen to the tone in my voice, and I, I hear the youth <laughs> I hear the youth in it, um, the inexperience, the, the temerity. <laughs> what episode is that from? We were talking uh, that's, about a I trumpet? think that's an episode that marty was on um it was not 
Okay, it wasn't. Never mind. But you were um, talking about a trumpet. A trumpet. Was it the Super Metroid episode? Negative. No, don't don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Um, hearing something on a. Tr- I'm talking about a trumpet. Okay. I'm gonna give you a hint. It was episode 177 colon. Okay. What well, was okay. it? So our 200th episode, that's one. We recorded that at your house when you were living with Zach and Aiden, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it was like, this would have been, I don't know, a little bit before Force Awakens came out. Uh, 177, we're talking about a trumpet. 10 seconds, 10, 9. Super Mario eight. 64? The correct answer is... Mario Kart 8. Dang it. Mario Kart 8. Really, really impressive stuff. You got a decent amount of those correct. Um, just based yeah, on how no, hard. Not impressive. <laughs> I was impressed. I was impressed. Well, I wonder I mean, if I any of our good. listeners. It's got good that, that I don't know trivia about my own <laughs> podcast. I mean, that would be pretty insane to. Be I like, know. Right? What's your favorite podcast? Oh, the one where I listen to myself and my brother talking. <laughs> Honestly, I, I haven't listened to an episode of this show. Mm-hmm. In I mean, the only time you're doing I ever listen to it. Yeah, I don't know why I would listen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it just unfortunately. The things I remember are, are things that are location-based. Right. And there's certain episodes that etch in my brain, particularly ones that required a lot of preparation leading into right. it. For sure. But other than that, things do kind of run together. Um, I think you could probably, what's interesting, if you wanted to do a trivia, would be ask name an episode and ask me where we recorded it. Because that I think I could do. Mm. Uh, what about the Turbo Graphics redo episode? Uh, we actually still did that in the same room as the original. That was the very last episode we recorded in that room. It was empty. Yeah, and I was about to move out. I remember out. that. Yeah. I was sitting on the other side of the room, which was weird. <laughs> okay. Show and tell 14. No, that's just stupid. <laughs> it was in person somewhere. Your house somewhere. All right, let's play a couple more awesome VGM tracks, and then we're going to have a, a, a prompt uh, or slash question that Will brought in. All right, this is another Greatest Hits track. I think it was maybe 2017 or so. This must have been from a Modern Chiptunes episode. It's a really killer FM synth chiptune by 10.4 from Soundshock 3. It's Cave Bouncer.
You guys are listening to Cave Bouncer, so devious, so sexy. By 10-4 from Soundshock 3, which is a wonderful FM synth chiptune compilation album uh, that was put out quite a few years ago now, and this was on a modern chiptunes episode on our podcast, and it's so good. I love how he's incorporating some R&B, some new Jack Swing. It's, it's a very 90s track at heart. Uh, it's just amazing. It also reminds me of like T. Lopez a little bit too. It, For it's, sure, it's a cool sound that sort of fusiony, but '90s. Uh, yeah, really, really good stuff. Some FM. Funk. Yeah, it's also spooky. It's it's a little on the spooky side. Like this would actually be great for like a haunted ghost level. Like I love when tracks like that. Yeah, Mystic Cave Zone is actually a good example. Tracks don't go so far in like the spooky cliche, but they have something that still fits. It's still devious, and there's something maybe amiss, but at the end of the day, it's just a funky, fun tune. Hey, Carl, I have uh, a really good... Uh, I'm going to ask you some trivia questions, okay? Okay. Let's uh, do it. What location did we record our very first bonus episode from? Our very first bonus episode... I think if memory serves, the very first bonus episode was it that that cabin house that we were staying in? Yes, yeah, that's right. Oh, good times. Yeah, it was just like a like a not a shooting the breeze, but it was kind of like that. It was just like an like a history of us or something. Yeah, no, yeah, maybe that's what we called it. But like it was just sort of, of like a get, Bros or get to know us or kind yeah. of how that was started. fun not dissimilar to this i feel <laughs> like maybe this is all just a little self-serving but it's a fun challenge for you because I, I hopefully this helps you guys get to know carl has this insane special ability uh we were talking about this i was telling all my friends about this um at my bachelor party mm-hmm. but uh carl has this ability where you can name a movie and he knows what year it was made. And I don't mean in the like, in the sense of like, he's thinking of, oh, I think that came out in 85 because then they were working on it in 80. Yeah, like, it's not that. He, it's I just, just like a it. weird visual association thing <laughs> from spending hours on IMDb. That's what it is. Um, and it's a fun game that we sometimes play where I just name a a movie and he has to tell me the year and then I'll usually check to see game. if he's right. And quite often he's right or within a, a year, but usually it's like you're either dead on or you're way off. It's not yeah. like, yeah, that's and what that's, proves that it's interesting. Cause it's not, you're not yeah. ballparking it. You're no, not, no, guessing. it's definitely not that it's like, there are some that I just don't see. Like I, I, I close my eyes and, and there's nothing comes up and then yeah. I'm screwed. You know, the muses but. aren't speaking to you in that moment, <laughs> but Fun then, fact you, then you feel a chill and a, a ghostly whisper from behind your ear just says, All right, let's 2007. Play... <laughs> let's play another VGM track. And while this is playing well, see if you can come up with one more trivia question before we do um, uh, something else here. Uh, this is cool. This is from, I think, the year previous, uh, Greatest Hits episode. And this is a cool track. It's called Castle Jam from Stronghold, composed by Robert Uivino. It's a very classic-sounding medieval piece of music, and I like it. Here we go. (laughs) 
This is from Stronghold, um, which was a game that we featured on. I want to say it was a was it an RTS episode? It was either an like a let's see, it's a real t it is a real time strategy. So we must have done an RTS episode um, where we did feature this game, and it's composed by Robert Uivino. And I think a lot of the soundtrack, um, if I if memory serves, is kind of this style. But yeah, this is a really cool tune it kind of feels almost like public domain music or like music that someone would have written for like a library like a music library i i get that sense from this but in any case it's it's just a really appealing track has some monkey island three qualities to it too okay i am going to i was going to ask you a question about marty's corner but i don't actually know the answer to that one so i'm not going to ask that instead okay. i'm going to ask uh, who was the first person we interviewed that was not a composer? The first person we interviewed that was not a composer. Um, and it's sort of a trick question because it isn't an, an, an not Marty. <laughs> um, the first interview was Grant. Um, and then. Was it Jaren? Well, um, yes and no. That was... I think um, what I'm thinking of is something much, much earlier. Really? Even before Grant. Before Grant? It was a guest we had on the podcast who also listened and, and like did a whole episode with us. But we also did... It was sort of an interview episode and we also played music i have no memory of that at all okay i'll tell you the subject pokemon oh we did a pokemon episode with steven steven r i think his name was steven reich yeah exactly he was like he yeah he's like a super fan of of pokemon he reached out yeah i think he ran the poke press yes um, and oh wow that is that's a pokemon great piece of trivia team. i totally forgot about yeah, that, that was the episode. first i mean other than marty that was the first guest yeah. we had but you know with marty it was more we we were each preparing stuff but with steven it was it, that was really more like an interview um that's true I mean, and eventually, you know, we'd have Tim Turry on and the Kelly brothers. And, and then Carlos a bunch of favorites and episodes and stuff. Yeah. But That's this cool, was man. way before we even had a single composer on. That was our first non-Marty guest. Yeah. You know what would have been another interesting question, Will, is like, what was the first composer we, or like, you know, person we interviewed that didn't have terrible audio issues? Because <laughs> it took a long time. I remember it happened with Grant it, I, it probably happened with Jaren, and then I think it happened with Peter too. Remember, we we still had to like record. We still had to put a mic on well, like the, the first laptop one that speaker. sounded really good was the second Peter McConnell one. Mm -hmm. I remember I had to episode, I had to edit that one for some reason. I think you were on like vacation, but I don't or know if that was the first good one. I think it we might have had like a Tommy or like maybe Darren was was before the second Peter one. But yeah, the first like handful of, of composer interviews, like all for some reason we had to like just put a mic up to a laptop speaker and it just sounded awful. We just we couldn't also, you know, to be fair, like back then 
there was just a lot less tools like there was no zoom and so like now you can do everything really easily you can record everything really easily but you know it was some of those tools were like we had this skype recording program but it would you know break or not work or something and so it was it would always be stressful we'd be like oh let's have our our voices in it even though we were recording our tracks separately so it made editing this is probably all very uninteresting to all of you (laughs) listening but yeah it's it's been an interesting um you know our as our show has changed you know we definitely have had fewer interviews over the years and i think part of that is because really the main focus of a lot of the composers that we were interested in talking to early on really had to do with a lot of people that we grew up listening to and loving right um and you know as you can imagine this there there's a limit to who we like personally have access to and have the ability to interview and i think we didn't want our show to become sort of like a weekly guest interview type thing where we're just interviewing modern composers and over the years we've gotten many many requests to like have people on and talk about their games yeah it used to be something where we we really cared about every season we got to do one but now we're at the point we've i mean we've interviewed so many amazing people that i feel like we're always open to another one if it happens and if the stars align and if we have an opportunity, but it doesn't necessarily need to be every season anymore. I think we just, I don't know, we look back at the list and we're just so grateful and proud of what we've done when it comes to those interviews that we don't feel the same urge to like have to keep doing a certain amount per year. Yeah, or I mean, I think like what I'd be interested in doing going forward would be doing an episode with a composer where we just play their music yeah, and talk I would to love them about that. it and just I would get love their to do that. experience. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, Will, um, I asked you to think of some sort of prompt or question uh, that could lead to a conversation. So what do you got? Well, and it didn't, if we don't have time, it's okay if I don't answer this, but um, okay. I'm just curious uh, what your answer would be to this. Um, and that is after you're gone like at the end of your life you know how do you want to be remembered and what will you have wanted your biggest accomplishment to have been that is a really hard question uh i think what's really hard about that is like i kind of feel like people might relate to this like different people in your life you probably want to remember you in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like the people that are close to me, like friends and family, like I don't want them to be like, Oh, Carl. Yeah. He was that video game composer. <laughs> you know, I just, I want them to think, Oh, you know, that he was just a good, nice person and that he was loved and that he loved others and stuff. But when it comes to like the world as a whole, I mean, my, my main aspiration is to be, a video game composer and to, and to try to make music that a lot of people around the world really resonate with. So I, I would just say in some capacity, if my music would resonate with people and they would remember me for that, um, I would be pretty happy. I don't know. I mean, anything positive, really, I don't, we don't have any control over that. And so it could be something totally different than I, am expecting it to be but as long as it's not negative as long as it's like oh man what a what an a-hole that guy was then i think (laughs) i think i'll be good well and coming off of that um 
Another question I have for you is how has your perspective on your own ambition, your own goals, your life, your pursuits as a musician, how has that changed from, you know, when you started the podcast? I know it's yeah. obviously changed in um, a, a clear way for me since I was so young when it started. But for mm-hmm. you, how what do you feel like has been, other than the obvious transformations in your life, getting married, getting older, different jobs and, and things like that, but how has your outlook and perspective changed? I think it's changed in a way that it would change for almost anyone just getting older. I think what's a common theme is... When you get older, you realize that, okay, there's actually a small number of things that are truly important, and the other things are kind of icing on the cake. The things that you thought were the most important are now just the icing on the cake, you know? Like, totally. The most important thing is family and friends and, and surrounding yourself with people and things that make you happy, and that's that's the most important thing. And so I don't have the same standard or idea of success or like oh i want to be this famous or i want to be this successful of a game composer i mean i'm already composing for games i'm already making music i'm putting out music and and people are enjoying it and i'm getting great uh interaction with people and uh, i'm able to make some money from it and so i feel like i already really have achieved the the main thing that i wanted to and i don't really care how big that gets it, it doesn't really matter to me as much anymore I, I definitely have more of a focus on you know just some of the most important things that we all realize about family and just happiness and all that so I think yeah I don't think I have the exact same metrics that like I did when I was like 22 out of college like I want to be a composer and I want to be as famous as this person and do this and this I yeah. mean the one thing that I do still have that hasn't really changed is I have a dream to one day, in some capacity, get to compose for an official Sonic game. I feel like that's something that's, I'm always gonna have that dream. Um, And if it never happens, then at the very least, I've just been, you know, driven and I've been excited and motivated to do that, which is maybe, maybe the whole point is just to stay motivated, but that would be, that would be a dream come true. I think the thing that people have to, realize really with the relative nature of how of what success in the arts looks like because i think we all have an image of you know celebrities and then there are lower tier celebrities and i think when you get to you know media composers the most famous media composers are still like d you know, I mean, they're like F celebrities, you know, they're so Mm -hmm. far down the list, even the most famous ones, even ones who are very social media active, like a Brian Tyler, um, even, you know, like the John Williams and Danny Elfman's Alan Silvestri's Danny is probably the biggest example. Hans, I guess, of like almost having this rock star image. Um, but Mm -hmm. even then, it's like success the majority of people that are making money being professional musicians are not those names that we're familiar with and they make up sort of like the working class you know professional musicians and i think in some ways it's never been a better time to be a person in that tier but it's also um a really difficult time because 
it's a time where kind of like the idea of social media and attention and like branding yourself and um, publicity and all that stuff. It's almost something that's become expected of every single human being. It right. isn't just for, you know, someone who has a band or someone who's made a movie. Well, I think another I thing mean, for it, me is like when I was younger, right out of college, notoriety was like something I thought I really wa- like wanted. Like, oh, I want to be a certain level of successful or just a certain amount of people that would know about my music or stuff like that. And I feel like that has mattered less and less as I've gotten older. Like I know that right. music is my thing and what makes me happy and feel fulfilled. And so as long as I can keep making music in various capacities for various different projects, um, I think I'm going to be set and I, you know, whatever happens, I mean, I don't have control over it other than trying to be as tenacious, uh, you know, and business savvy as I can. But short of that, I mean, as long as I can just keep making music, hoping for the best, that's, you know, I, I think I'm good. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in my life is that it's more about the people that you're working with than the project that you're working on. Um, same and same I is true rather, for any job, any job yeah, that I've ever had. I mean, I would rather work on a, on something that has little exposure and yeah obviously you want decent pay because if you're trying to be a professional musician you need to make money but i would rather work on something that's like lower paying and less glamorous with people i really admire and respect not just as artists but as people that's the whole goal like what what is most important is the actual process and, and product that's that's what matters the most and like if you're working on a really fun project like a lot of the projects we work on together i mean the joy of making the thing and working collaborating with those people and then the pride of having that finished thing i mean that that's what it's all about yeah i mean i i think um sometimes we value our stats more than our experience of life while we're living it and i think that's a really hard thing for um composers or any kind of artist where you're in a medium where you're kind of crafting something and putting it together and releasing it you know like a writer but that's why Mm -hmm. i think um every musician should have some aspect of their even if it's just for themselves of performance because the, the it What's important about performance is the idea that you have to be in the moment of it. That it's it isn't about the idea. When you're performing, it's about the present moment that you're in. It's not about um, right. kind of the the grand concept. So it's like wh- when you're writing a song, you're trying to make the song the best thing it can be. But when you're performing, you're not even thinking about, or you really ideally shouldn't be thinking about the song as like, I hope people like this song. It's right. more about what you're expressing inside of yourself or being connected to that moment. The fact that music exists in time is a really exciting thing about it. And I think it's something that can teach us about our own lives of why, you know, we should enjoy the seemingly dull moments of our lives because those are the things we'll have fondness for, you know, baking cookies with a loved one or watching a movie. You know, to get back to your first question, like that might be the most powerful thing that's changed for me over the years is like, I think I'm more and more and more trying to and hopefully succeeding at enjoying the process and enjoying 
the act of creating that music and cherishing that time and those memories. And that that's really what it is for me now. You know, it's like when it's released and however many people like it or download it or buy it or whatever, what that leads to, that's all bonus at this point for me. You know, it's like every time someone sends me an email or every time someone asks me to, to, to compose something because they liked my previous whatever, I mean, that's just like, that's just all icing on the cake. And so, yeah, I think as long as you can just keep creating and enjoying that process and having fun, I mean, I think you're, you're going to be in a good place. And I'm super excited for some of the projects that we're, you know, we're currently working on together and some of the solo projects I have. And now with, you know, I know we're not out of COVID by any means, but we're starting to return to some sense of normalcy. I'm just so excited to like play again live with, with people. That's going to be, oh my God, can you imagine how good that's, that's going to feel? I haven't really had the chance to do it yet. So I'm still, it still seems like fiction, but I can't wait for that. Yeah, I think it's going to be really emotional for you, especially because that's such a big part of who you are, is someone that plays music and performs. I'm hoping I can this summer jam uh, at some point with the Soul Surgeons guys, and I definitely want to jam, you know, with the All of Us Mercado band uh, peeps. That would be really, really fun to do that, too. So the last thing that I think we should end with today is just a honest what are your hopes for the podcast in going into the future even if you know we stop it at some point what are what are sort of your hopes for the super Mercado brothers as we look on to the 20s and beyond i'm excited for just kind of the next era or just the next few eras like i think that we're always going to collaborate we're always going to do stuff together I could see the podcast at some point transitioning to something else. We have, we have talked uh, a couple times about like when it feels right in our lives to stop doing a weekly podcast that requires a decent amount of work and preparation. Um, maybe we could transition to something like a YouTube uh, series that we occasionally do, or we do once a month or, or something like that. So I could see it definitely transitioning. Um, but I think there's always going to be, excuses for us to do stuff. I definitely want the Supermercado Bros entity to keep going and even if we stop doing the weekly podcast. And so and also one of the things that is so awesome now is the community that we have. Like the Mercado fam is so wonderful and thriving that um I want to find more ways to engage all of those people and, you know, the podcast I'm I'm so proud of and it's still really fun to do every single week. And it's still such a really fun, like, release. Like, it, it just feels really good to listen to great music. I think for both of us, it still charges us up and just inspires us every every single week. And so, certainly, um, yeah, I'm really grateful to have it. I think there's so many possibilities in the future of, of things we can do to transition or to evolve it or change it up. Uh, so I don't really know exactly what that will be because I think, you know, the future is a little bit unknown, but... I look forward to whatever it is. Yeah, me too. I think there's going to be things of a very different kind in our future. I think I definitely crave more of a um, doing more things that are like pre-written, crafted, a little more researched, getting more specific. Um, I'd be curious to kind of move more in the direction of like 
I don't know, something more like explicitly educational potentially with a video mm-hmm. game bend, like almost teaching people music concepts through video game music, which is something right. that both of us have done in yeah, our own and, lives. And there's through so teaching. many wonderful opportunities now with the technology that's available to do something like that. It could even be on YouTube and it could even be like a live thing. Like it doesn't have to be an edited video. It can be a prepared think of it almost like a panel, right? That we could do together on YouTube and we could present a topic and and play things on the piano and do all that kind of stuff. We could even do something like that that doesn't need hours of editing the video itself. It could just be really like a live panel. There's so many things we can do like that that I think would be would be really cool. Um but yeah, I mean I'm very excited for just the music. Yeah, something I, I'm I'm curious about doing I think it would be cool if we could do some Zoom uh, music theory nerding out, like both of us yeah. at a keyboard and just talking about chord progressions we like, certain mm-hmm. voicings, playing examples from... Another thing we've talked stuff. about is, and this technology hopefully will just improve more and more, is doing some sort of virtual jam together like that we could also do on YouTube where we literally compose a simple VGM track together in front of people, you know, like I lay down a groove, you lay down a melody and we do the process that we do on soundtracks, but we do it really fast and really simple. And we try to condense, you know, in 45 minutes or in an hour or whatever, we're going to finish this track together. I think something like that would be super fun. I agree. Yeah. I mean, so we have lots of ideas and if, you know, if any of this to you guys sounds interesting, please let us know in discord or send us a message or an email. Cause we do read all that stuff. Um, and yeah. let us know if any of that sounds interesting to you, because like Carl said, I mean, really the heart and soul of this whole enterprise is you the listener yeah for sure and just thanks everybody for listening whether you're an old listener a new listener uh one of our patrons that are so incredibly helpful and supportive um one of our discord members we always love the interaction and the community on there really anyone um we've get so many nice emails over the years that we and facebook and twitter messages that we just really appreciate so thanks everybody for your support I wanted to quickly plug the Spell Blaster Kickstarter, the game that I'm scoring. At time of release, there's about 16 days left. Cool. So definitely check out uh, our social media for more information if you're interested in supporting this awesome game. I know the whole team would really appreciate it. Really looking forward to it. I think that's about it. Is there anything else we got, Will, today? Yeah, just, um, I sort of goes without saying, but supermercadobros.com, uh, you can find every episode of this show, all of our original music and links to all of our projects. We've mentioned this before, but we've recently changed our, our band camp account to be a label. So what that means is that, um, all of our various musical enterprises, um, as you know, a family essentially are linked together in, um, we're really excited about the potential prospects of the Mercado label and potentially bringing in other artists as well in the same way that I also would really be excited about growing the Mercado podcast network into something more legitimately like a network. Uh, We all have ideas for other shows and different things that we want to do with that. So yeah, those are kind of um, two things that I, if you're into what we do, you might want to keep an eye on, but yeah, for thank sure. you all for your support. 
and for listening and keeping the show good. And stay tuned for some more announcements. Uh, There's a couple of fun projects that we're working on now that at least one of which we might be able to announce a release date soon. So stay tuned for all that information. We're going to play you guys out with a really chill, no pun intended, tune. This is Frostman from Mega Man 8, which is really groovy. It's a cool tune. It's composed by Shusaku Uchiyama. Thanks for joining us for this different, relaxing season finale. We love you guys. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.